Welcome to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. This is episode 129, PopX Cast, coming to you on this August the 22nd, 2021. What is up, Team PopX? How hey, in the Joe. world are you doing? Yeah. Happy weekend. Salutations, sir. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I was born in it. Molded by bias. <laughs> I have no idea why we suddenly broke out into Tom Hardy, but it, it happens every well, once in a while. It's kind of in the intro. <laughs> it is. I actually. say it every time we go live. Yes, it, it's, it's, it's an amazing <laughs> quote. It's a good thing. Man, you know what was really delightful is logging into the station here. I'm at DEF CON Central. You guys should see this crazy workstation that I have set up here. I look over to the chat, and there's already like, a bounty of people sitting here already having the conversation before the stream even goes live. Yeah. So if you were here getting the party started before this party officially started, you guys are kicking some serious butt. Thank you yes. so much. Oh, my gosh. That just makes me so happy. Speaking of happy, Austin, you're looking a little brownish. Did you, you – you've been on vacay there? Been on vacay, got a tan, came back to the rain. I don't know how I'm going to keep it, but uh, I got oh, one. Man. You, know? you, you look good. <laughs> You look Thanks, good, buddy. And I, I see that you're sporting a particular shirt of a particular trailer that is supposed to be particularly launching in 24 hours. Mm, well, rumor has, has it, it rumor out. has it that we is it is it. How do you feel about it, Austin Burke? Do you think we'll get the No Way Home trailer tomorrow? I think we have to at this point. I mean, part of me is sitting here on standby because it has been leaked. I haven't seen it, but I did see a picture on accurate uh, or on accident. And let me tell you. Um, the speculation was right. The speculation was right. I ain't gonna say anything else. No, but I'm don't sitting say here like, my brain's freaking out, and I just want to see the trailer. But guys, I ain't gonna watch it. You know why? Because I want my reaction to be authentic. Yeah, yes. um, it was very a, good. Very good. Yeah, I, I I only saw bits and pieces of it, and it, it's 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 absolutely amazing. And I'm not gonna say anything else about it. But oh my god, I cannot wait to see the full rendered HD version of this trailer. I, I genuinely wouldn't doubt it if they put it out at some point tonight because, you know, these studios, when they see a leaked version of a trailer, it has to start irking you, right? So we may get it earlier than intended. So be true. on standby tonight, tomorrow morning, midday. Yeah. Uh, everybody just be logged into Twitter and on your computers. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, if, if, if you're sucking at the fourth window tonight, there is no mic here tonight. I do want to send some love to our Bubby up in Atlanta. He is not feeling well tonight. He sent me a text earlier today, 
Mike, we love you, and we hope you're feeling better. We hope for a great recovery for you. Uh, you will be missed. And, uh, you know, we were supposed to talk about the uh, the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle, but uh, as you all know, you know, things change. And But um, we're going to be bringing you Free Guy because my wife and I got to go see it. And I know Austin saw it, but I know Lindsay didn't get a chance to see it. But we're going to do our best to try to give that a review to you guys uh, because I was really excited about Free Guy. It was awesome. So uh, we'll be talking about that tonight. But on that note, Austin Burke, are you ready to open us up on PopX 129? Of course. Hey, guys, welcome oh, to PopX. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> science fiction off to a great start. Meets pop culture. Uh, I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. You guys can come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning in, first of all, welcome. Second of all, the first 10 or 15 minutes, we run down the headlines since our last show. Then we deep dive into all things nostalgic in the retro rewind. And today's is going to be fun. And then at the halfway point, we hit on the show's topic. And we got some great things in the store. What if first two episodes, right? First two? Yes. We'll be talking uh, yes. about the first two episodes of What If. Very cool. Yeah. And then Free Guys. So a uh, good show. Good show. Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. But uh, with all that said news, I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida season comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, I'd like to thank everybody joining us right now in the PopX.Live chat room. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, you guys are kicking it. You're here before the, the party even gets started. And holy cow, that's just an amazing feeling. But uh, also, Lindsay and myself are part of an amazing group of collectives and creatives uh, on our weekly streams called the Creative Multiverse. Now, that'll be happening tonight over on haps.tv. We do have a stream ready to go. It'll be the official PopX after show, so you can come hang out with us while we're doing some stuff in the background. I'll be mixing down the podcast so you can see the window and me doing audio editing and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And then once I'm done with that, we're going to shift over and actually continue on with this week, this month's challenge, All Ghost, All Ghost, August, All Ghost, uh, is a 31-day art challenge. Each day is a different word, and we have to interpret and draw that word and present it and post it online for the the, the daily challenge. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so we'll be backpedaling days 21 and 22 today for sure. So join us for that. It'll be kicking off 11 p.m. Eastern tonight, right after Pop X, literally less than an hour after Pop X goes off the air. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Lindsay Badger. Hello. Hello. I'm Lindsay Badger. Nice to meet you guys. Um, If you guys missed episode 128 last time, we talked about Suicide Squad, and we rewound and went back to the retro land and watched (laughs) Legends. Mm. Um, That was a lot of fun. Make sure you go over to our official website, popxcast.com, to watch that episode and all the other great past shows from the PopX Collective Archive. And if you're liking what we're throwing down tonight, make sure you please click that like button, throw that subscribe button down, ring that bell if you want to be notified on the next time we go live. I think Joe already has the next one scheduled. Oh, I do. We're ready to go. He's always on top of that, this boy. He's always one step ahead. I'm at least one ahead. (laughs) (laughs) At least one. (laughs) And let's not forget our podcast listeners we do syndicate this out to all of the podcast platforms if you are listening in the podcast land please make sure to rate us with a five star sorry rating things are kicking in Lindsay. you oh my gosh what am i gonna do with you anything you want no never mind i'm married it's okay moving on hello mom alex (laughs) hello can you come get your husband (laughs) <laughs> sorry, Lizzie. Continue on. I'm so sorry. No, I think we're done and about wrapped up and ready for oh. some news. Oh, are we done? We're done. Is we this really it. happening? It's happening. Okay. Oh All right, guys. Don't go anywhere. Pop X News is coming your way right now. We'll be right back. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X News coming to you live right here on Pop X Cast. All right, leading out the news this week, shortly after The Falcon and the Winter Soldier closed out its six-episode run, with Sam Wilson officially assuming the role as the next Captain America, word got out that Marvel was developing a new film headlined by Anthony Mackney's Star-Spangled Avenger. Now, the news took everyone by surprise, including Mackey himself, 
But according to Deadline, Mackie has finally closed a deal to star in Captain America 4. Now, the Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner uh, Malcolm Spellman is currently writing the next Cap alongside uh, Dalen Muson, who uh, also penned the series uh, penultimate episode, which was basically the, the culmination, the, the finale, if you will, yeah. of that as well. But... Um, Anyway, so right now the studio is presumably on the lookout for a director. However, it's not clear whether the film will be released as part of Phase 4 or Phase 5 of the MCU. Mm. Very interesting. It could make the cut at the end of MCU Phase 4. We don't know. Mm. But it's uh, definitely interesting uh, to read uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the writer from that. I mean, come on, dude. Austin, I know that that's one of your favorite stuff. MCU movies of all time. It's Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> it's um, it's a good one. It's a good well, the one, winter, but... well, the Winter Soldier actually. Okay, it, you okay, know. I thought you were yeah, yeah. about. To, okay, yeah, yeah. In terms of the the movie, the Winter Soldier, yeah, that's um, that's maybe my number one. It switches I knew, every day. I knew that was your number one, but anyway, talking about yeah, Falcon well, sometimes and it's in game, sometimes because anything Russo brothers, obviously, but the the vibes of the Winter Soldier really carried on over into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And while we don't know what the movie is going to be, I love the fact that Mackie's really taking the reins and it looks like he's going to run run with it and absolutely dominate the character. Um, but we could also get that gritty feel like what a Winter Soldier brought us, like what the Russo brothers are so good at that really. And I thought we were going to get that with Black Widow and we kind of got it. A little but bit. This is a little bit, right? But this is their opportunity to really dive back into that world and maybe have a scaled back mm -hmm. movie focus. Because even like, I, I won't say anything, I saw Shang-Chi, but even that movie gets grandiose, right? And Black Widow, scaled back in the first two acts, it gets grand and epic. I kind of want this movie to be a personal Sam Wilson story. Ooh, and because that would be we, nice. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Because yeah. you know, we're getting a lot of this big stuff. And because we got a lot of that in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. which I liked, I just had a villain problem with that show. Yeah, me but too. If they can, yeah. yeah, all right. So if they can really stick to their guns with this project, I could get seriously hyped for this. It all comes down to, Joe, and I think you can agree with me on this, who's the villain going to be? Exactly. Movie. They're going to have to really bring it back and do introduce something something new and something fresh. I think to bring keep back this Hydra. Well, really though, I mean, they were they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to I think for me, this is my take. They're going to do something really out of the box, I think. Bring in a new big bad that we've not seen before. Uh, let the dead be with the dead, you know, Hell Hydra <laughs> and all that stuff. Sure. Um there was this whole thing that came out um Secret uh, was it Secret Wars? No, it wasn't Secret Wars. Um, there was a series that came out. I, I can't remember the name of it. It was about four years ago, and right. it was if if Captain America was Hydra. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You yes. remember? And and I know that was that was followed kind of the Steve Rogers story, but mm -hmm. I think it would be kind of cool if they did something along that lines, where half the movie we we see our hero in one aspect, but the latter half we see him, you know come out and, and the, the true the true synopsis of the of the film be revealed cool. something different you know to, cool. just to kind of keep it fresh um yeah. i think it would be cool but yeah. that's my take on it yeah i agree yeah Ooh, what I'm you all, got for I'm, us Lindsay badger I, i'm all about slinging some shield around you know? okay well you sling that shield sling it <laughs> sling it Play All right, up next, we are uh, Birds of Prey's disappointing performance at the box office last year appeared to rule out any hope for a sequel or a spinoff focusing on the individual characters. However, HBO Max is giving one of the film's heroines another shot at stardom. Mm. The Hollywood Reporter is confirming reports that HBO Max is developing a Black Canary solo movie. Ooh. Journey Smollett is already set to reprise her role as Diana Lance. It's, it's Dina, Dina Lance, right? Dina? Yeah. yeah. I, I just didn't recognize the spelling. It could Anyways, be Dina. I on. think it's Dina. Yeah. Dina. Yes. No. Anyways, Cinelinks was the first to report the news, and the film will reunite Smollett with Lovecraft Country creator Misha Green, who will write the script. Green is also planning to write and direct Tomb Raider 2 for MGM, mm -hmm. and there is still no word on who might fill the director's chair on Black Canary. However, Sir Kroll is on board as a producer. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of like the Black Canary from the Birds of Prey film. I don't know if it was necessarily needed to make a spinoff of that. 
I think there's a lot more characters in the Birds of Prey realm that they could have expanded upon. But um, it will be interesting to see how this goes. I, you know, Black Cat Canary solo film. What do you think, Chad? What do you guys think over in the Pop X chat room? What do you think about a Black Canary solo film? And it's, I believe this is going to be an HBO production, obviously. So they're going to be producing this. I don't know if it's going to, is, I don't, it doesn't say anything about a cinematic release. So I think this might be an online only release. Oh, I, I I as yeah. far as I know, it is an HBO Max only release. And I think they're doing this with a couple of projects. Blue Beetle is another one that they're doing HBO Max only. So I don't think it'll get a big screen release, which is unfortunate because it, it is. Like yeah. Well, the, the CW did a deep dive on her in multiple series they did. Um, because yeah. she was such a popular character. So it That's doesn't true. surprise me that they picked her out of all of the options from mm. Birds of Play sure. just yeah. because of that reason. Uh, but yeah, I think it's not going to be anything big theater run. It'll just be a, a streaming movie. You know, Austin, you had mentioned briefly about why, you know, you know, HBO is allowing smaller characters of the DC world to come out in their own little projects and things like that. You were talking about, um, I think it would be really cool now if if we got a Swamp Thing season. Mm. But well, how cool would it be if we got a Swamp Thing actual film? Oh, mm. my gosh. I now, think that would make my heart sing. A total oh. remake of of <laughs> the, the original 1982. You know, sure. You know, you got the crane, you got whatever. Uh, crane was the enemy guy, but go through and just give us those modern day visuals yeah. with that awesome storytelling aspect. I think it would be great. Now, if you've ever seen the 1982 original Swamp Thing, oh my God, there's so much cheese in there. It smells like a really bad, uh, oh my God, like the worst cheese you could ever smell. But it is, it's okay. Anyway, moving along. But I would just love to see that personally because I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan. And I think it would be kind of cool. I think it's ready. I think if, I think the world is ready for a Swamp Thing revival. That's just they me personally. A, they had a Swamp Thing cartoon, didn't they? You bet to butt they, they did. did. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. I have the action figure. Ass. I have the action figure. Okay. okay. It's true. Yeah, I have random stuff like that anyway. Moving along. <laughs> you like your toys. <laughs> I do like toys. Toys are good. And and even if they keep the budget lower with the Swamp Thing, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of practical effects. I mean, obviously, you're going to utilize CGI, but uh, lower budget, do, give them a little two-hour movie. Dude, the movie. suit. The suit. Could you imagine? See what they can do, man. Dude, the I, suit I, was good enough in the series. Did you see that suit in the series? It looked phenomenal. It, it was great, bad. dude. Yeah. And the so series dark. was good, so it was yeah. so unfortunate when it got canceled. It, it was, it sucked, is when it got yeah. canceled. That but was anyway. so mad. But um, but let's let's move into the next topic here. Yeah. So throughout the '80s, Jim Shooter's tenure as Marvel's editor in chief was not without controversy. However, Shooter also helped deliver one of Marvel's biggest hits as the writer behind Secret Wars, which we can be seeing soon. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, regardless yes. uh, of its origins as a Mattel toy tie-in. Uh, it was also a bestseller during its initial 12-issue run in the 1984-1985 span. And according to Shooter, Marvel Studios may be developing its own adaptation of the classic story. Shooter dropped this bombshell while appearing at last week's uh, Megacon in right Orlando. Right here. Right here. Joe? Yeah. What's up, dude? Yeah, that's uh, what CBR. Uh, the video was posted by Geek Austin Magazine. Uh, when a fan asked for his initial thoughts about the MCU's future, Shooter detailed bizarre phone calls <laughs> he oh, received from an executive of property management, presumably at Marvel, asking if he would be willing to write a Secret Wars novelization. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Upon receiving go. a retroactive work for higher contract, Shooter turned down the offer, but he later received another phone call uh, from Marvel's uh, David Bogard, who apologized for the previous call and offered another retroactive contract uh, for $10,000. Shooter stressed that he knew that his original Marvel stories were work for hire. Mm. The Bogard apparently told him uh, that Marvel didn't have a single piece of paper verifying they own the rights to characters like Beyonder and Titania and uh, the Julia Carpenter version of Spider-Woman. After finally signing the contract, Shooter decided to ask the million-dollar question. I said, uh, this means you all are making a movie, right? Recalled Shooter. He said, well, I'm not allowed to tell you that. <laughs> I said, I think, I think you, you just, just did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this is, you know, something people have been asking for ever since the confirmation of like yes. your scrolls and some wow. of your newer characters. And it looks like, guys, the next big thing, um, other than Kang the Conqueror, 
of course, this could also tie in, is Secret Wars. King the Conqueror could easily tie in to Secret Wars. absolutely. And remember, Secret Wars is where Peter Parker gets the symbiote suit. At some point in that, Venom will cross over with Parker. And it's bound to happen, if not happen before that. It sounds to me like Secret Wars aren't that secret anymore. Mm. Well, the Secret Wars basically deals with the crawls. Uh, so you talk about, you know, we've been seeing it through sprinkled throughout all the movies, the oh, hiding in the background and they're, they Marvel. have, yeah, man. So that is basically it. Secret Wars is the revealing of the scrolls in the entire world, who they are, why they're fighting, why are they here on earth? Why were they camouflaged as humans? That is the secret invasion, the secret wars. And well, so, and you said the word right there, secret invasion, which is a confirmed show for Disney Plus. I, yeah. I think that is our that is our entrance into this universe. And it from is. there, they're just going to expand into a full on war, which is spectacular. Which I think. I, love. I think honestly, I, I saw a meme the, the other day. It was so funny. It, it had it had Thanos. Let's see, it had um, how was that? It had uh, Kang the Conqueror as a giant pit bull, and it had Thanos mm-hmm. as a Chihuahua. <laughs> and it's like, and it was so true though. You think about how Kang the Conqueror I've, is. I think I've seen that. You probably yeah. have, but yeah. you think about it. Thanos seems so one-dimensional compared mm-hmm. to the potential of Kang. And if Kang, Kang's going to be around for a while, guys, and he is probably going to be one of the main elements of a Secret Wars. When and if we go there, we're probably talking four or five years out. I mean, possibly, maybe MCU Phase Five setup. Sure. We don't know. But uh, it's really cool that this conversation is happening now and that all the players are getting on board, especially especially Jim Shooter himself and him kind of dropping that ball at MegaCon this past week. Big that bombshell. was amazing. Nice. But anyway, moving on with the news here. And we are talking about Spawn, yet another setback for the upcoming Todd McFarlane Spawn reboot after hitting one roadblock after another over the last four years. Tom McFarlane's long gestating Spawn reboot is trying its luck with a new writer. Now, according to Hollywood Reporter, Brian Tucker is taking his own pass at McFarlane's screenplay for the film. Now, Tucker's only screenwriting credit is for Broken City, which starred Mark Wahlberg and Russell Crowe and hit the theaters in 2013. Now, right now, he's also working with Warner Brothers on the remake of The Fugitive, Now, McFarlane's initial Spawn draft was good enough to convince Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner to sign on to play the title character and Twitch Williams, respectively. Now, it's been a full year since Foxx has indicated that he was still attached to the project. Regardless, THR notes that the new script could secure his and Renner's continued involvement in the Spawn franchise. So, let's talk about Spawn right quick. How do you guys feel... Poor Todd. I mean, you know, he has pushed for this so long. He wants a modern-day Spawn film, and it just seems like I think that it is so dark, and there's so much involvement uh, that it, it it looks like one of those tasks. You hear about this a lot in movies. Like, sometimes studios don't want to take on the project because I, they don't think their audience is going to get it. But yes, when man. the movie is produced, audiences blow up, and it's like one of the best things that ever happened. I think that's what's going to happen with Spawn. I think... You know, every time that that these writers and directors go through this, especially Todd McFarlane, it is to make the movie better. Because if they were to make it in the in the current way it was, it'd probably be a flop. And I'm I'm thankful that Todd McFarlane has enough sense and awareness to be able to sense that and know that hey, this this film needs a new screenwriter. We need to get something on board here. And um, I'm just Austin. How do you feel about that? We've been like three and a half years trying to get this movie off the ground, and it's. Toddfather just can't seem to get it going. I hope it's a very different film, obviously, but I hope it's another Deadpool. I, I, I you know, Deadpool. They spent years. Thank you. And years. That's Ryan a Reynolds good. That's was, a good comparison. Man, he was just, and I think, uh, I, I think Tom McFarlane is in the same boat here. He's trying every way in the world to get this made, and you know, the studio probably wants one thing, and I, I'm sure he wants something different. But his vision. You know, the fans seem to be really on board with his vision. So if there's a way to translate that in a way mm. that the studio is going to accept it um, and obviously keep Fox and, and Renner on board, I, I'm all for that. And I just want him to have as much free reign as possible. And I think once this comes out, it's going to prove that you can do something dark, gritty, like uh, last year's Invisible Man, that tone, that mm. really dark, scary, horrifying tone, uh, but capture that in a way that almost feels low budget. 
uh, with mm. great visuals. I, I'm pumped to see this get I, off the ground. I, I hope I love does. your take on that, man. Here's, I really do. Here's what I know. I mean, it's t- Todd and I haven't known each other for a long, but um, <laughs> for the little amount of time that I have gotten to know the Todd father through his Facebook Todd. live drawings and his documentaries and in his pieces that he puts his heart and soul into a project. True. And whenever you invest that much of yourself into a project, you're not just going to take the first offer that comes across the table. You are going to be wanting it to see come to its fullest and bestest fruition. And he's waiting for the right moment to strike whenever the, all those pieces fall, fall into place the way he wants his vision to be shown. So I feel like it's going to be patience is going to pay off. Yeah. So it's going to be a long game for him. And I hope and pray that it doesn't get slid off the table because it takes too long. But if, if it all falls into the right hands and does the right things, we're really going to have a good piece to, to enjoy. Well said, Lindsay. Yes. Well said. I think I you're, I think you're spot on with that, but uh, that's going to wrap up news for this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed some of those bits that we shared with you, especially the Jim shooter piece. I'm extremely mm-hmm. excited about that. But with all that said, we're getting ready to go into Retro Rewind, where we're going to be talking about The Last Starfighter. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Retro Rewind. Retro Rewind. Retro Rewind, and we are visiting The Last Starfighter. And oh my gosh, this film, I, I, it's been, I want to say, well over 15 years since I have seen or revisited this classic. It's been a long time, so there was bits and pieces of it that I, I, I didn't remember along the way. But 1984, I had no idea that they could pump out 3D visual graphics. I mean, you know, it was really, I was like, whoa. Yes. Whoa, this was before Lawnmower Man. What? How are they able to do this? And I understand, you know, I think Tron did it in 82. I think that, you know, they were able to do some of those 3D renderings. But that was a really big deal for a film to create something that has combining both computer digital animation and real life action. And uh, the last Starfighter, you know, there was this whole scene of of in the early '80s of like space and and space adventure, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Fighter, uh, space balls, if you will. And so it just continues on and on. And this one right here is is a timeless classic above and beyond within itself. And I I, I really truly feel yes, some of the visuals are a little lackluster. You got to remember, guys, this was 1984. This was 37 years ago. Let's let that compute into your little microchip brain for a second, okay? But uh, I, I think for me, I'll go first. Um, I thought it was a great one that combined both cinematography with soundtrack. I thought the score was really great. Uh, for me, though, the nostalgia was some of the characters like Greg, uh, which was his co-pilot in in the in the seat, you know, the little alien guy. And he's, he, he'd do that thing <laughs> Which was so funny. It gave me cracking up every time he did it. But then there was an interesting little love triangle that he had with his girl back in the trailer park. And um, But for me, I think, honestly, it was kind of a glimpse into the heart of a young teen at that age. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that, no matter the fact it is a science fiction film, that a lot of us in the 80s growing up, myself included, I'm going to raise my hand on this one, I was a trailer park kid. And I was raised in a single wide trailer. No, I'm not. No shame in that at all. Uh, for me, I, I'm very proud of that humble beginning because I kind of had my own little group of goonies that I hung out with, so to speak. But it was cool because this this film kind of opens up that little uh, box, if you will, Pandora's box. That there's potential beyond your park. There's potential beyond your trailer, and it kind of opened up an imagination into what could be. And holy cow, we, you know, at a time we got like a DeLorean style car that would fly into outer space and all of a sudden you're thrust into battle and, and demons and stuff like that coming at you. And you got this whole force and horde, you know, it was great. I got some true Battlestar Galact- Galactica vibes on this one. And it was just kind of really, oh, man, so much nostalgia and so much goodness. 
for me, though, it was really going back to a, a nice time in my life because I remember watching this as a kid. My dad and I were sitting on the on the couch. It was around 87, 88. Dad went to rent this at the local video store. Holy, holy cow. You actually had to go to a video rental shop. And that was our Saturday night together. He made some popcorn. We sat down and we watched The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest memories of my life. And every time I watch this, I always immediately go back to that moment. 1987, summer 87, 88, somewhere like that. And uh, my dad taking the effort to spend some quality time with me and show me one of his favorite films. So cool. But with that said, I want to go to Lindsay Badger. I want to see what you have to say, Badges, about the last... Oh, my God. She's already giggling. This is not going to be good. Oh, <laughs> Joe was like, don't hurt me. <laughs> oh, this this movie is literally the same age as me. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Literally the same age oh, as cool. me. Um, so uh, that... I, I kept that in in account. <laughs> oh, yes. Boy. Um Watching this movie gave me. We are recruiting a... for a new host at Pop X Cast, <laughs> by the way. No, I'm just joking. I am teasing Lindsay. Hey, I haven't even gotten to say anything yet. I'm oh joking. I'm joking. Get out of here. Okay. Um, no, it, it made me appreciate what we have today. Mm, that's a good way to put it. It okay. made me appreciate okay. what we had today. Um, the the effects were obviously cringy, but I mean, they were working with what they had. Sure. Um, and obviously, you know, Jim Henson wasn't on board with this project. Otherwise, <laughs> I think it would be through the roof. Cool. But uh, no, I mean, the storyline was all right. We mm. spent a lot of time on Earth than we did in space. Mm-hmm. For make- the last Starfighter, yeah, that that was kind of a disconnect for me. But I mean, overall, it was okay. The soundtrack was great. Mm-hmm. It really, it really sold the the emotion in the in the moments that were happening throughout the movie. Um, the the uh, the relationship between the little community there was a little weird at, at the beginning of the show. It's like, Moss electrics out and then they do like the telephone game down the street to sell to tell whoever needs to come fix it and then they tell send it back up the street and it was like oh my gosh this is weird for a second there i thought they were going to break out into song like a musical because of the some of the 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 words and the campiness of the of the writing mm-hmm. but um they never did i was kind of thankful for that but um <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no it was okay it was very 80s it was yeah. very 80s um i can't really hate on it too much it was a very cringy story i kind of feel like but... you're 20 80 right now on the 80s movies you like you like 20 percent of them and then 80 percent. you're like no <laughs> I, I think this one's gonna fall in the no category Holy but i didn't cow. hate it okay the story was good though right this did the story capture you Okay. I wanted to punch the girl in the face because she was just so whiny. She was oh pretty my whiny. God, why are you not paying attention to me? And oh, you're paying all the attention to me and you want me to come away with you to the star? I'm scared and have to take care of grandma. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? Come on. It is a very make up your dang mind on what you want. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It is a it is kind of a good qualm about it though. It, you know, now that you mention that, I'm thinking like, yeah, she was kind of like. Uh, I didn't like her at all. Shut she was the just, heck up. She was gorgeous, <laughs> and I mean, he was gorgeous. So I mean, you know, Ken and Barbie paired up perfectly. But man, he could have done so much better. <laughs> yeah, the one line though in there, the, you, the options were a little slim on the pickings. There, I like the one line in there. He's just brutally honest. You're afraid to leave the park. Yeah. I loved that, and I agreed with uh, him yeah. solely. He's like, uh, that was about the only. Yeah, I get you. Anything uh, else, Lindsay? Any any no, any pros no. or cons? Okay, she's. Okay. I'm I'm good. She's passing the baton. Okay, we're, we're Austin good. Austin Burke. <laughs> I um. Holy. Cow. I you know I I thought this was a sweet little film. I did. I I don't. Um. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's my favorite of the ones that we've watched. I I do have you know. There were some things about the story that didn't really resonate with me, but uh, I actually really do appreciate what they tried to do. It's, it's a little bit of Star Wars in there, mm-hmm. like Joe said, and a lot of lines that really resonate. The um, the Actually, there were a couple of relationships in here, not necessarily the romance. I'm kind of with Lindsay on that one. It was a little bit up and down, uh, but once he actually gets there, right, taking off on that road, he's like, all right, what are we going to do here? And they just start blasting off. I'm like, there, there's some magic 
in what is happening right now. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this was my first time watching this film. Really? I've never seen this movie before. I think it was my first time, too. I don't remember watching this Well, that's actually a good thing, though, because through the Retro Rewind, we're helping you guys. Yes. Kind of good and bad, Lindsay. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Lindsay, in all due respect, I do value Somebody has to wear the devil horns around here. (laughs) And and you wear them. All right, Austin, back to you. Well, and there was there was a lot of magical elements in here that I, I didn't really expect. I love the idea of breaking this record on a video game gets him selected, handpicked to come on this mission. It's like Ready and Player then, One before Ready Player One. Yes. And that's the vibe I got was Ready Player One. And I don't know how how sacred this movie is specifically, but I honestly feel like this film is really primed for a reboot. I mean, with the visuals that we have now and the storyline, because I think the storyline is oh. really awesome. Like, really, there, really awesome. Well, on the on the cusp of that, there has been plans of creating a sequel to this. If they remake this, this, if they jumped on the I'm going to remake the retro movies, and if they actually did this one justice, yes. I would really like to see that. Yeah. Because because that's the, the vibe. And even the end, uh, it kind of felt like Luke taking down the Death Star. Like, it was a that little. kind of rush that you were getting and i really liked it and honestly Lindsay, i know you said you had an issue with not being in space as much i kind of like the stuff on earth at points more than the stuff in space because some of the interactions with the aliens were a little awkward for me even beta yeah yeah even beta right when he first gets there and and there's a little bit of a uh, of an awkwardness with some of the discussions i get they went for the humor at points but once he actually gets into the mission I'm like, okay, I'm on board with this. So that part was great. But then we get back to Earth and we're we're kind of going in what's happening there. And, and there were some things, and, and Joe, I think you hit on it best, is the idea of this guy coming from nothing. They even say at the beginning, they're like, this was, what did he say, Las Vegas? This was supposed to be in Vegas? Like this yeah. wasn't even supposed to this be in this. hole in the wall trailer park in yeah. the middle of nowhere. It wasn't supposed to be in this small town. So, you know, it's almost like, am I worthy? But we get the proof later on in the film that there is a little bit of worthiness there. So I, I like that. I think that's a nice story. It's rooted in the 80s, of course, um, but it's handled in a way that uh, I, I thought was really lighthearted, sweet, and fun. It's a fun 80s adventure, and I don't know if it hit its full potential, um, but this is me coming at it from a you know 2021 standpoint. Film right? critic, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that the visuals were a bit lackluster at points, but like you said, Joe, they were kind of working with what they had. And and for yeah. the time, I, I don't think they would have been that bad. And that's kind of the way that I approach it. So overall, I, I thought it was a sweet, I thought it was a sweet little movie with a nice, uh, a nice concept. Um, I did like the Centauri character. That was, yeah. that was a good one. I did too. I did too. Yeah. I enjoyed him. Yes, absolutely. Well, all right. Are we going to give our official score of the last Starfighter? Yes. Sure. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to lead it off. I'm going to go with a 65%. And the reason I'm going with 65 is because there were elements that are genuinely dated. And like Lindsay said, you know, there was some, the whole storyline with, with the boyfriend, girlfriend thing could have definitely, it got annoying to, for me. I mean, the only thing I was talking about between me and my dad was it brings back a very good memory and a very good moment in my life as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that is the nostalgia aspect. Not necessarily the film, but the moment and memory of me and dad on the couch eating popcorn yes. and watching this together. That's a good memory, and this film brings that back to me. Now, having said that, some of the dialogue was okay, but I thought all, all in all, the score, um, what it tried to pull off in 1984 I mean, you got to remember, we haven't had much digital animation up until then. I believe um, there was a couple of ad adaptations. Tron tried to do it in 82, and then we had Money for Nothing by the Dire Straits. Remember, I Want My MTV? They did that music video, which which introduced 3D animation as well. And then we had 1984. We had The Last Starfighter. Um, I, for me, I think it's a 65% solid. Lindsay? I'm going to go with a 42, 4.2. Okay. That's good. Mr. Burke. Uh, one thing I didn't mention was the music. I that's it's spectacular. It's the soundtrack, the score. It it is maybe one of the best scores I've heard from the early '80s. To be honest mm. with you, so that definitely amplifies it. Uh, Joe, I'm not too far off. I'm a 63 percent. I I have to see how it resonates with me because I just watched it yesterday. Right. Uh, but uh, 63, I, I think it's a it's a very sweet '80s film that uh, I I believe if they remade or did a sequel. 
my goodness, I'd be I, there day one. I think this property and this IP is primed for a reboot. Absolutely. And it's it's more relevant now than it was when it was produced, even more so in 84. And they could bring yes. in the online gamer aspect like Ready Player One and make this whole thing just go crazy cool. Yes. Yes. So it has potential. Are you hearing us out there, film producers and mm -hmm. studio houses? Last Starfighter. We Lorimar do this Productions. Justice. Yes. <laughs> all right. So with all that said, we're going to transition over quickly to Marvel's What If, and then we're going to be going into Free Guy. So we're going to roll the spoiler alert warning. If you've not seen Marvel's What If, or you've not seen Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, yeah. you might want to hit that pause button, come back, and enjoy the show after you've seen those. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To enter a Pahapex spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned. So, Marvel's What If has officially dropped on Disney Plus, and we have first seen the two episodes, and oh my gosh. Uh, I thought episode one got me in the feels, episode two. Sucker yeah. punched me in the feels mm. with Chadwick Boseman. Indeed. But let's talk brief, briefly about episode one. I loved all the little different nuances, like the roles were reversed between Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Mm. I love that aspect. Like, it mm. was amazing. She jumped in the chamber. She became the super soldier. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was just spectacular. And the ending of it as well, just Wow. Holy cow, it was done so well. And this is definitely a part of the multiverse, guys. So this is the equivalent as if it was an MCU film in the multiverse. This is definitely inside of the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for sure. But episode one, man, it was just so great. And let me just say this, the animation style, I have not seen anything quite yes. like this. Yes. I've seen some good animation. This is, it is so beautiful to look at. Simplistic, but yeah. streamlined. I don't know other, any other way to say it, but it's just beautiful to look at, especially on 4K if you have a 4K TV. But, um, and on episode two, uh, we got to see what had happened if T'Challa became Star-Lord. And uh, <laughs> it was so cool. We called Peter Quill missed, missed his opportunity to go up into space by the Ravengers. And then, of course, T'Challa became the chosen one. And we see Thanos as a good guy, making references that he still wants to do the snap, but everybody's joking at him at the snap. But for me, the voicing of Chadwick Boseman, knowing that going into this episode, I got to say, I got there's a, some kind of really strange allergic reaction in that final <laughs> screen when it says our dear friend and beloved hero Chadwick Boseman in honor. I was like, oh, God, you had to say that, didn't you? But it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I think, oh, my gosh, I have no words. These, these are amazing episodes, guys. Austin, what do you think of episodes one and two? Yeah, I, I, uh, there were a lot of great Easter eggs in episode one. I, I did personally have a bit of an issue with the pacing. It almost felt like they tried to squeeze the entirety of the first Avenger into 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, just yeah. reverse a lot of the roles. It was very quick. Very quick pace. It was pace. super very, fast, fast. Yeah, it was, it was a little too fast for me. I don't think we got enough time with some of the characters. But in terms of what it did, and uh, Captain Carter is awesome. I, I would love if Haley Atwell just threw on the suit and gave us a live-action something, whether it be a short film Wouldn't that be or cool? a serious... Oh, my God, man. Wouldn't because, it be cool if she showed up in the multiverse? Dude, this is canon. This is I mean, canon. And people aren't talking about it like it's canon. It's canon. So anything we see in this uh, animated world, we could see pop up in Multiverse of Madness. In real Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I would be very much on board with that. And Captain Carter was great. It was a bit weird hearing someone else voice Steve Rogers. It was weird. It was weird. It wasn't Chris Evans. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to sit with me. And then I've I've seen episode three. So we do get someone else voicing uh, Tony Stark as well. And that was weird. So I do feel a little bit weird about those things. Uh, episode three is the best of the three, by the way. But uh, episode one was solid. I thought it was a solid, nice start. Episode two for me was like a big... Here, here we go. You ready? Oh my episode two. Yes. Oh, this is the lighting <laughs> right T'Challa uh, Star-Lord. Yeah, the way that the lights are set up, it's hard to see, but uh, yeah, this that's... was the one for me, man. I, I was, 
really on board with what they did, not only making Thanos a good guy, a Ravenger, uh, not only uh, making the, the the collector this, almost taking uh, the place of Thanos. Dude, Howard the freaking duck, man. I mean, how cool, how freaking cool When is you're that? out of luck, choose a duck. Dude, I'm like, <laughs> they're pulling out all the stops. And not only are they doing... Uh, things that we knew that they would switch up, but they're bringing in characters like Howard the Duck and and these characters that we even the never, collector um, was good. Yes, you know? we didn't imagine these characters would pop up in the show. And then once you guys see episode three, you're going to be like, oh, they're going even farther with that. So it is just they're Let's pulling out all the stops with what if, and um, I, I think they're off to a very hot start. And this could end up being one of the coolest animated series. I've seen in a long time. I love I love this idea. I, I hope they uh, keep nailing it. Like what is the duration of What If Austin? Is it eight episodes or ten? I believe it's eight. I, I believe it's eight. I'll have to check into okay. that. Uh, but apparently, they keep getting crazier as they go. And I and do know I that know there's anything. a Marvel Zombies spinoff coming too. And I believe that's oh, going to be maybe yes. the culmination of everything. And and there's rumors that the final two episodes of what if are somehow going to connect to this multiverse thing that we're getting. So oh. dude, I am psyched out of my mind for this. Really? Out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that could be a nice precursor to no way home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the fact that if you're looking at the screen here on the, you guys aren't seeing it cause you're, you're in the zoom call, but uh, we have Peter Parker as Dr. Strange here as well. That was, that's, that's another one coming. Yes. Up. Oh, yes. Um, so, and then we have a black widow one as well uh, that we haven't seen. But uh, Lindsay Badger, episodes yes. one and two of What If? Okay, well, episode one was super action-packed to the brim from beginning to end. Like Austin right. had mentioned, it is a very, very quick-paced <laughs> storyline. But, I mean, they really did cram the entire origin story from beginning to end in a very short amount of time and didn't leave a lot out. Um, the thing that I really enjoy about this is that that time era... Mm. is very oppressing to women and they totally flipped the script on that and made it a little bit of a women's empowerment moment sure but they did it in the right way i know that mm -hmm. we complained about this women empowerment moment role flipping with the masters of the universe where tila went i feel train wreck wrong this one they did it right they did it where she wasn't a jerk but she was assertive and she was getting what she needed to get done without you know too much ruffling of feathers with the exception of you know the the mm -hmm. naughty naughty bad guy naughty but bad, yeah. um oh, i i really really enjoyed this it showed her strength it showed her poise as still having that feminine air about her character but still getting the job done just as good as the boys can do and i really think that that was a nice message that um you don't really see in that time era of of the storyline. So it kind of gives a little bit of a mirror reflection of what it could have been yeah. if it was different during that time. So I think that was really nice, um, especially since now women are encouraged to be a part of the military. And that is really heavily what that storyline is all about, is focusing on honoring our, our service members. And so being able to give that female role a, a limelight, I think, is a really, really nice nod. Agreed. Um, Switching over to episode two, T'Challa. That's my favorite version of T'Challa. It is you good. Guys, if you guys remember, yeah. I wasn't a fan of Black Panther, but I love this version of T'Challa. I love him as Star-Lord. He has such a great, I mean, he still carries that humor that the character was originally written to be, but he has like this classy air about the character that even you didn't get from the original version. Yeah. So I think that that's really, really kind of nicely written in. And you get to see all of your favorite Guardians characters again, yeah. all of the Ravengers. Michael Roker's back. Yeah. Michael yes. Roker is voicing and, and you, you get the, you yeah. know, the, the little arrow flying around and all the, oh my gosh, it was like, it brought me you right back. You can tell Sean Gunn's voice a mile away, can you? <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes, you can. I was waiting right. for Groot to come sneaking <laughs> around the corner somewhere, but it was so nice to go back to the collector's yeah. realm and see his collection again because that is probably one of my favorite little side notes yeah. of the Guardian series is that you get to see all of those Easter eggs neatly organized in boxes. Oh yeah. Um, and 
at the very, very end of the episode, you do get to see Astro in the cockpit. Astro in the cockpit. Yes. <laughs> free Astro hashtag. Free oh Astro. Oh my gosh. So you guys, and I love, love, love seeing Nebula with that blonde Wasn't hair. That cool? I almost didn't even recognize her. She would look gorgeous. And yeah. the fact that they were nailing the insults on Thanos left and right was just Brilliant. And he was like, he was still saying, I, feel, I still think it's plausible. What did they call him? Genocide? Cap- <laughs> yeah, Captain Commander Genocide, Genocide or Commander something? Commander Genocide or Captain so Genocide? Like, a couple, so he's like, good. call me that again, I swear to God. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> he was, was so good. And the fact that all of the, most of the original actors that played those roles in the movies came back to voice their animated roles. Yeah. And it's yes. such a nice thing to connect those together. And if there are canon those characters still carry through very seamlessly. So well, I Josh really appreciate Brolin, that they decided to do you that. You really can't go anywhere with Thanos without including Josh Brolin. You oh, just, yeah. You have oh, to. Yeah. Of you have to. But, uh, well, for me, we're not going to rate the What If series until the completion of it, early. but we just wanted to touch on it uh, yes. because it is blowing up Disney Plus right now. It, I'm so super stoked for the remaining episodes. It drops every Wednesday. Uh, if you're like me and you want to wait up till 3 a.m. on the night before, you can probably watch it because that's probably yeah. what I do because that's what this guy down here does. He's up all night. He doesn't sleep. He never sleeps. I don't sleep. But anyway. <laughs> so um, <laughs> episode three drops this week, and I think it's going to be about Tony Stark, I do believe, is a teaser for that um, somewhere along the lines. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. All righty. <laughs> are you guys ready to talk free guy? Yes, I am. All right, let's switch over here. Now, I do want to give a precursor. Lindsay hasn't seen it, but we're going to we're going to be informing her. So hopefully by the end of this, she will want to go watch it. I already um, know I'm excited about it. It is amazing. Um, Austin, I want you to lead this one because I, I've been leading all of them tonight. And I want you to sure. just get – I've read your review, and thankfully your review was what prompted me and Alex to go watch it last night. I want you to know that. Thank so, you. Yes, Thank you're welcome. You. This was – man, this, this movie's – the amalgamation of fun. That's what free guy is. And my big concern going in is, well, always with a Ryan Reynolds movie, it's Ryan Reynolds often plays Ryan Reynolds. It's the same character in every film. And uh, somehow I haven't gotten sick of that. I enjoy it every time I see it. But I'm like, could this be the film that kind of takes me away from that love for uh, Ryan? And that's not the case. It, it actually amplified that just to see what he was able to do because he was a big piece and his distribution company and obviously the writers of Deadpool wrote this film. He co-produced uh, this got, as well. Uh, he did and he's uh, got a big hand in it and Sean Levy from Stranger Things uh, directed this And didn't movie. Taika Waititi do some co-executive stuff as well? He, he did. He, he produced this film. So you've got all of the hands that you need uh, in this pile and you obviously see Joe Keery which is from Stranger Things. That was a nice little tie in there but you get a movie that not only becomes one of the technically not based off of a, vid- of a video game, but one of the best video game movies we've ever seen. Right. Mm. But you're also giving us one of the most fun blockbusters of this year. Maybe, maybe even the blockbuster of this year. I like it. Um, the same as black widow. So for me, it's black widow and free guy, but one of the best blockbusters of the year and a great balance of humor and heart it has this sense of like you know because there's there's a romance in there and obviously this is this is a are we doing spoilers joe this is a full-on spoiler i rolled the review so yeah this is a spoiler review so we we go to a place at the end of the film that i didn't expect right we start out we're we're in the video game world ryan reynolds he's it's almost like the truman show right he's realizing oh my god maybe i i there's more to life than just being a I love that angle. Character. It's so good, right? So we're exploring that. A little fast pace for me, and, and I do have a couple nitpicks here and there. It doesn't take away from the fun. But then you get into the outside world looking in, and uh, Kiri's character, and then um, I can't remember the name of the actress right now, which is ridiculous because she's incredible, but she may have even stolen the show for me. But there's a romance there that you get the culmination of at the end of the movie that knocked me on my butt. I'm like, I didn't expect this. I thought it would go a completely different way, added a new dynamic to the movie. Mm. But then you get the celebration of this character of Guy, and his whole mentality is, we're not going to be the background characters anymore. We're going to do this, and we're going to uh, basically steal the hearts of every all of these players, and you get some cameos from some some gamers watching, and we're going to basically 
be free at free guy. That's a guy. Free. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But we're going to be free at the end. Man, what a beautiful story that was. And you've got Sweet. the humor. So you're, you're laughing the whole time. Lil Rel Howery was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, and Joe, I'll let you hit harder on all of the Easter eggs and cameos. Yes, yes, yes. There is the the Easter egg of all Easter eggs, and obviously Disney owns Free Guy. And oh, I'm not going to. So, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> dude, so good, dude. Um, Joe, I'm I'm gonna let you talk about that. Okay, and then, uh, you can you can throw back to me, but I want I want to get your reaction to that moment. Describe that moment. Okay. when you were watching the movie. I want to hear. All right. It. So before I go there, <clears throat> every time I heard Taka Watiti talk, I was thinking, Oh my God, it's Korg. Because I kept hearing Korg the whole time. Yes. Uh, it was so crazy because every time Taika Waititi talks, it's it's his natural voice, and he's talking. And I was like, Alex, that's Korg. She's like, Korg. I know. It is so <laughs> <I> funny. <know. laughs> but quick summarization. Uh, this is a video game world, basically. And so Guy was a, <clears throat> excuse me, a written algorithm. He's an anomaly. He wasn't supposed to exist, and then somehow... Through an awakening process, he finds love, which turns his AI on. Mm -hmm. His artificial intelligence becomes aware. Very cool. And then he's starting. So the the first probably 20, 30 minutes of the movie, you're seeing him do his programming. What he's supposed to be doing. Wake up, grab coffee, go to work. You know, it's, it's all this normal routine. Then something happens. He awakens. And he starts, he puts on the glasses. They always make a joke in this. Oh, you're not supposed to interact with the glasses people. They're the villains. And he's like, but I want a pair of glasses. And then he puts the glasses on and he sees the world around him and what it truly is. And, 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 and he's seeing things that he's not supposed to be seeing because he's a non-playable character. He's an NPC. Right. And it's really interesting because his artificial intelligence awakens. And he's awakened by love. Yeah. And the reason that he's awakened is because the original writer who wrote him in the game was in love with this person in real life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Guy is basically the culmination of a programmer wanting to fall in love with his co-programmer, boy and girl. And so Guy is the culmination of the AI of the original programmer. It's so cool and how it happens. But – Getting to the culmination of the film, what Austin was talking about, circling back, we have one crazy scene at the end where Guy is literally faced with himself. Dude. 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 Yeah. His name is Dude. And he is bulky. He's huge. He's like eight feet tall. He's completely ripped, but he has Ryan Reynolds' face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, Dude comes out, and, he, you know, he, they're getting ready to battle and he, his arm like grows big and red, and they're like, "Oh no, that's that's the that's the doom killer. That's the one that's going to kill him. He's dead. Guy's dead. He's not going to live past this." Then all of a sudden, as he goes down, guy pulls up, and there is a Captain America shield guarding him. Oh, not only that, his other hand turns green, and he Hulk punches dude in the face. <laughs> Next scene, guy pulls nice. out a lightsaber. Yeah. A freaking lightsaber. <laughs> and it's a Star Wars. You hear the Star Wars music and all that in the background. It is the best. Literally, I think I may have soiled myself when I saw that. I was, <laughs> oh I was not gosh. expecting that. It was one of the best moments of the movie for me. Just the nods of the properties that now Disney and Fox are, are combined to own. Well, and, and, the, and the best part, Joe, the best part, though, is when he pulls out that shield, because throughout that entire fight, oh, we, keep, yeah. we keep cutting back to the we, audience, we right? We cut back. All right, so he pulls out the shield and then cut. Chris Evans is watching all this unfold as this whole thing is live streaming, and it's Chris Evans. And he's like, and he what, says, what the? the? <laughs> what the blank? So it's actually Chris Evans. Oh, my God, dude. This film is so good. And his reaction good. was the funniest thing because he looked genuinely angered that he had a Captain America shield. He goes, yeah. what the He's like, that's my shield. You know, but so back oh, up. Man. This whole thing is playing out because at in the middle of the film, this whole event is live streamed <laughs> because the world is rallying behind Guy. They want Guy to succeed to be able to unravel the plot. And so the plot is this. Taika Waititi's character is the villain. Okay, he's playing the bad guy, and he basically stole the code of the programmer that I was talking about earlier. The two programmers that made this world, this world of AI, where players don't be interact with the world, they watch the world because yeah. the characters in the world become self-aware. So they watch them like it's a television show, essentially. 
And so Taika Waititi's character stole their code and made his own like Vice City, San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto type world out of it. And he stole their code and hid it away, basically. But yeah. beyond the water, the edge of the city lies their original adaptation of what they coded. And at the end of it, the culmination is basically Guy is trying to go beyond the realm, beyond the border to leak and reveal that Taika Waititi's character, in fact, did steal the code. And he's going to be sued. He's going and tsunami is video games is going to be no more. Mm. It's a great story, and it culminates. It uh, oh my gosh! And and the the ending of it too, when he actually does cross the barrier, and everybody watching around the world is gasping like, oh, "Did he die?" And then all of a sudden, you see him on that amazing, beautiful fantasy land that the original programmers made that has been masked this whole time in the game. It was right there all along. Yeah. So beautiful. So well yeah. done. Lindsay, yeah. you have got to go see this film, girl. I've been wanting to since I first saw the trailer. And of course, I follow Ryan Reynolds. And so all of his promo stuff has been making me want to watch it even more than that. Yeah. Maybe sometime before Christmas, I'll get to see it. <laughs> I will say, though, I will say in terms of Taika Waititi, I, you know, I love Taika, one of my favorite directors, writers, uh, comedic actors in Hollywood. I didn't love his performance in this movie. It's the first time I've ever said that. I, I thought he was a little bit over the top. Um, and of course, his character is unlikable because he's the villain. But a lot of his jokes didn't land for me. And that's yeah, they were my, kind of mundane. Yeah, they were very just and, and that's probably my biggest criticism with this. This film is there were some jokes where the audience was just very quiet and we were just kind of waiting on the next thing. And then that next joke would land. It would be amazing. But there, at times, the humor fell flat. And I do think the first act went a bit too quick for me. I, I believe we could have hashed some things out just a bit more learning Guy's role in this entire thing. But, you know, criticisms aside, I, I can look past that. And, and, Jill, what you were just describing as, you know, a, a man just trying to go beyond what he was built and, and yeah. created for, I think that's you know, genuinely one of the most creative things. It's a fresh, movie. it's a fresh take yeah. for sure. And it's almost, again, I keep saying Truman Show, when Jim Carrey gets to the end of the water at the end of the Truman Show, we don't see what happens next. In this movie, when Guy crosses that threshold, we see what happens next. We and do. I thought that was so cool. That's such a cool concept. So I, I was really on board with this film as it progressed. I was. I agree. I think it was a fresh take. It's, it's it's combining something that's modern and relevant. And it was cool yeah. to see some Twitch streamers, some actual people that tw that are on Twitch. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but some of those people yeah. that were in the, those are actual Twitch, Twitch streamers right now, active that, people. That's what my brother said. He was yeah. watching it with me. I only knew of Ninja because I'm not as yeah. big in the gaming world. But Josh was like, oh, that guy and this girl and that guy. And I'm like, that's, it's nice that they're getting. It's a nod, man, to the streaming yeah, it's, world. It's, it's, and it's I nice. bet those people were so thrilled to be in that movie. I, I love that. I think that's yeah. great. I do. But are you ready to give this thing a score, man? I am. I am. Is there anything else we missed? I think that's, that's pretty much it. I. I I enjoyed it. I honestly did. Good time. I had a great time. I, I laughed, and I was my heart was definitely moved at some points. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted some bubblegum ice cream. But <laughs> um, I am going to go with an 82% on this film. Okay. I believe that uh, uh, there was a couple things, with, like you said, with Taika Waititi's character. The, the jokes were okay. Some didn't land, but some really landed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much, you know, the qualm of it is some of his, all of Ryan Reynolds jokes. I mean. <laughs> Still not he, sick of him, man. He's I'm Ryan not. Reynolds, bro. And I'm no. telling you, I can't get enough of him. And I know his, he's got that little, I don't know what it is about his character and all the characters yeah. that's writing for him. But this boy was literally born to play Deadpool. I can, I know that much. <laughs> yeah. But 82%. Uh, Austin, what do you think? Uh, and by the way, Jodie Comer is the actress's name. I had to look up her name. Jodie Comer, going to be okay. in uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel with Adam Ooh, Driver and Matt Damon later this year. From I the saw director of Gladiator. that one, yes. I saw the trailer for that today. She could win an Oscar for that. But uh, my score is actually, it's a 74%. I am a little bit lower than you, Joe, just because yep. the criticisms that I had. But uh, my, I, I have this really big urge to go watch this movie again. And I, I haven't had a lot of those this year, um, so we'll see how it holds up upon rewatch. But man, what a what a fun! I mean, it may be the most fun summer movie we've had. 
It is good. It's not my personal favorite. Obviously, Suicide Squad is my favorite of the year right now. I think that movie's spectacular. But Free Guy is a really, really good film that I I just I encourage everybody to go see, especially if you love video games. Yeah, if you want a good feel good movie that'll make you laugh, and 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 you'll you'll enjoy this for sure. I agree. I agree. But uh, over in the chat room, what do you guys think about Free Guy? If you've seen it, Mm -hmm. Uh, and also too, what if uh, if you've seen the first two episodes? Let us know what you think about those. Uh, I'd love to see your ratings and score for Free Guy. Sure. Uh, as well but uh man i want to give a huge thanks to the chat room that's been blowing up here all night you guys are just totally killing it yes. but i think that's about it for the world of pop x cast what do you guys think i think i think yeah. we did a lot in a in almost exactly an hour i'm impressed yeah. boys. we we kicked some butt and took some names nice. we take some butt well and took some names Kicked or some something. names and- Took booty. <laughs> Took some butts and... T- anyway, I, I'm going to shut up now. All right. Austin, wrap us up here, buddy. All right, guys. I'm at the Birkinator on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those things. Austin Burke on YouTube. About to film my Shang-Chi review, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse for more great media content, artwork, and more. You guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. You're creative, produce content, or have a talent. We want to see it and would like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I'm Lindsay Badger. You can find me everywhere on the internet uh, at LR Badger. And if you want to connect with Pop X on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, everywhere that handle is again at Pop X Cast. If you want to send any comments or suggestions to us via email we do have one of those popxcast at gmail.com and for this episode in any future or past shows you are always welcome to join us on our official website www.popxcast.com indeed and i am joseph burke at joseph burke arts all over the web thank you guys so much team pop x and the pop x players over in the chat room you guys have been kicking some butt tonight thank you so much Mm -hmm. and you know what that's it for this episode of pop x cast uh we'll see you next time on episode 130 you ready for the reveal here we go in three two one we will be talking shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and for the retro rewind Batman 1989, yes. September the 5th. So Shang-Chi comes out September the 3rd. Two days later, we'll be given the official review right here on Pop X Cast. So we're super excited for that. But guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for downloading and thanks for being part of the Pop X family. And you know what? We'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cast. See ya. From everyone at PopXCast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets. At PopXCast. Until next time.